Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for making Cruise Radio part of your day. And I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and uh, had plenty of food and now are ready for Christmas shopping. Yeah, I think we all are. Uh, on this show, we have a review of a very detailed review from listener Kristen Ladwig in St. Louis, Missouri. She just got back from a 10-night Canada, New England sailing on Princess Cruises, Ruby Princess, and she gives us a very detailed review. She joins us on the line right now. Hello, Kristen. How are you? Hi, Doug. I'm doing great. I'm very anxious to hear your thoughts of your 10-night Canada, New England sailing on Princess Cruises, Ruby Princess. But before we get to the actual ship itself, Kristen, let's take a step back and tell me, why did you decide to do a Canada, New England itinerary? Why not the Caribbean, uh, Alaska, or Europe? It's an itinerary that had been our, on our to-do list for quite some time. We had never been to that portion of Canada before. Obviously, the fall foliage um, was, was highly appealing, and the particular ports of call seemed to offer a lot in the way of history, culture, um, scenic beauty, etc. So we knew we wanted to do kind of a longer cruise vacation this year, and I just decided I think this is the year to do Canada, New England. So what kind of research went invo uh, was involved in going? Because you live in St. Louis, and you had to get to either Montreal or Quebec City. So what kind of research was involved there? Well, we did take a look at our options uh, flying into either city, because I think you had mentioned to me before, based on your past experience, that it might be cheaper to fly into Montreal mm -hmm. and perhaps take the train over. Um, so we looked into that, um, thinking that that might be the, the more cost-effective option. But as it turned out, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't really appreciably cheaper. And you had to factor in, of course, the time um, to take the train. And based on the flight schedules coming from St. Louis, it just really wasn't going to work out very well. So we did end up actually uh, booking U.S. Air, um, flying from St. Louis to Philadelphia. Uh, we had about a three-hour layover, and then we had a flight uh, directly into Quebec City. Okay. And so you did a couple nights pre-cruise then? Uh, three nights, okay. yes. Were you able to fill up three days of activities? Oh, absolutely. So we flew in and arrived um, Monday evening on at the uh, September 29th. Um, and then the next day, we spent the day doing the Frommers walking tour of Lower Town, uh, including going to the, uh, the Musée de Civilisation. And then the next day, which would have been the Wednesday, we concentrated on the Upper Town, section, again, doing the Frommers walking tour mm -hmm. and spent quite a bit of time uh, at the Citadel um, touring that and gorgeous views uh, of the city um, from the Citadel. And then Thursday of that week was the day then that we checked out of the hotel and headed to down to Pier 22 to board the ship. Now, what was nice about this cruise is you embarked, but you didn't leave Quebec City until the next day, um, mm. at the end of the day. So we got another night in Quebec City. Uh, just didn't have to pay for the lodging on this one extra, because that was obviously right. part of the cruise fare. So we just, uh, once we got on board the ship, took care of our embarkation uh, uh, to-dos and whatnot, we actually got back off the ship, did a little bit more, uh, of walking tour the lower town area and some shopping. And then on our day on Friday, 
where we were still in port, although we had changed piers by that point, we ended up um, getting out of town a little bit, and we took um, the the old um, uh, the shuttle bus service um, that Princess offered to get us back into the upper town area, and from there, um, then we took the uh, uh, old view old view tours. I think it's called. Um, they have a bus service out to Montmorency Falls, Mm -hmm. which is about 15 miles outside of Quebec City. Um, Beautiful waterfall. Highly recommend kind of escaping out to the countryside. Um, It was gorgeous. Um, They're very proud of their waterfall there. They like to comment about how it is taller than Niagara Falls. Having never seen Niagara, I don't have a point of comparison reference, but these these waterfalls were certainly impressive. Beautiful little walking paths um, and fall foliage, not at peak, but still some nice pockets of color. Um, Made for a very nice nice day to, like I said, to get out of the, the city itself and enjoy a little bit of the countryside. And then we just took the took the bus back, then took the, the shuttle back uh, back to the ship. So, cool. yeah, we definitely filled our time, and, and we wanted to do that. We, we really did want to spend some quality time in Quebec City, um, having heard a lot about it. We really wanted to, to get in-depth, if you will. But certainly there was more to do. We definitely would, would like to return at some point and do a, and do a longer uh, probably land vacation to see more of uh, the sites in and around Quebec City. Cool. Well, let's back up and uh, talk about before you actually boarded the ship. So what was the uh, embarkation process like out of Quebec City? Um, So Ruby was docked uh, at Pier 22, which is the pier that is directly at the foot of of lower town. So mm-hmm. there are several piers in the Quebec in Quebec City that is certainly probably the most convenient one. We ended up um taking a taxi from the hotel we shared with another couple and uh, we got to down to the to the pier probably a little bit after around 10:45 I guess. We headed into the cruise terminal and it was a little bit different of an embarkation procedure than what we usually experience, you know, say in Fort Lauderdale. They actually had us go through security first. Mm -hmm. And then once we got through security, then we were directed to the check-in areas. And then at that point, that's when they separated those of us who are platinum status and above Mm -hmm. because you have a typically have a separate waiting area um, because we get to board the ship first from a priority embarkation standpoint. So that's, that's the point after we actually went through check-in that's the point that they separated us not for very long actually we waited i don't know maybe 5 5 minutes at most in that little area and then they were allowing us to uh to board so we were actually on board the ship probably around 11:30 a.m. cool so uh what were your first impressions of ruby princess well, we'd sailed on her sister, Emerald Princess, back in 2010. So we had a pretty good idea of what to expect since they're sister class ships. Um, so we didn't really spend a lot of time like we typically do walking around, you know, once uh, once we drop off our our, our luggage, um, our hand luggage in the in the stateroom, because we were, like I said, pretty familiar familiar with the ship. So it was almost kind of coming home effect, if mm-hmm. you will. So we really wanted to focus on on getting our first look at our cabin. So you make your way to the stateroom. So first off, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions of it? So this was our first opportunity to have an aft cabin. We had attempted to have an aft cabin on our 
uh, Royal Princess sailing last year. But as you may recall, they ended up converting some of those mm-hmm. aft balcony cabins to get rid of those. They got rid of some of those in the construction phase of Royal to make room, bigger room for the suites back there. So we ended up losing our aft cabin and they moved us over to a midship mini suite. So when right. we went to book this cruise, we were bound and determined to try having an aft cabin because we'd heard a lot of people rave about how they they love the the views of the wake, the back of the ship. Mm-hmm. And on this particular uh, class of, of ship, the Carib deck or deck 10 um, aft balcony cabins are highly desirable because they're the largest balcony space uh, on the ship. Pretty much as soon as bookings were open for fall 2014, we booked because we wanted this particular cabin. We were in cabin uh, C753, starboard side of the ship. With the aft balcony, it's a wraparound. So not only do you get the, the, the back view uh, of the aft, but you get a little bit of the side view as well. And the other thing that was interesting about it as well, as you walk down the hallway towards the back of the ship, in order to get to the cabin, you get to the very end of the hallway, and then you make a little left turn, and there's just a little short hallway, and the only thing that's at the end of the hallway is this cabin, obviously, Mm -hmm. on the other side as well. So from a seclusion, privacy, noise perspective, it's great because there's nobody that's going to be walking past your your cabin door uh, unless they're there to deliver something to your room. I mean, there's no reason to to just kind of wander by. So you're, you almost have like a, your own little private section, if you will, cool. uh, of the hallway. So that was that was kind of neat as well. Nice. The rest of the the rest of the balcony or the rest of the the stateroom itself was really no different than any other standard normal balcony cabin yeah. on the ship. It's really the, um, the, in terms of the interior, the cabin or the furnishings or the appointments, it's pretty much, pretty much the same as any other balcony stateroom. But the, the seclusion privacy aspect and the, and the oversized balcony definitely make it uh, a very desirable cabin. Yeah, I love those staterooms. We'll talk about dining aboard Ruby Princess after the break. From the Space Coast to the West Coast, this is Cruise Radio. How many times have you said, that'll never happen to us? Vacations are a big investment with both time and money, and they should be protected. For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip, visit InsureMyTrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We're talking with listener Kristen Ladwig from St. Louis, Missouri, about her recent sailing aboard Ruby Princess. And uh, we were just talking about the staterooms before the break. Now we're moving on to the dining. So, Kristen, talk to us about the uh, buffet area. It's called Horizon Court. And then we'll move into the uh, main dining room. 
So the Horizon Court, very similar to the Horizon Court, like I said, on her sister ship Emerald or um, Golden Princess we've also been on. It's definitely, in comparison to the new style of Horizon Court that's on both Royal Princess and also Regal Princess, uh, there's, there's no comparison. Um, on, the new, on the newest ships, it's far superior. There are a lot more stations to choose from, physically much larger, better laid out from a logistics perspective. It's stations instead of, you know, um, lines that you'll typically will have. Um, so I, I sorely missed, <laughs> for me personally, I sorely missed the new and improved Horizon Court right. that we'd experienced a year ago um, on Royal. Um, mm-hmm. So the uh, the food itself available, pretty much kind of standard. Um, I, I don't know that anything necessarily jumped out at me um, um, in particular. We didn't necessarily, I mean, we we ate there most of the time for breakfast. Um, I think we tried to do dinner there a couple times. Um, but didn't really seek it out for meals really other than other than for breakfast. Most of the days, this is, since this was such a port-intensive cruise, most of the time we were on shore for lunch. Well, yeah. let's, uh, let's move down to the main dining room. So we ate in the main dining room um, four times on the cruise. Um, on our particular itinerary, there were two formal nights, and we specifically wanted to avoid those because I didn't want to drag formal attire um, for such a long cruise and with our pre-cruise stay that right. um, didn't need to didn't need to pay extra luggage fees for that. <laughs> so, um, and we'll talk about what we did on those nights later. But um, the uh, the food that we had in the main dining room uh, was excellent. Um, we were we were pleased with the with the choices that we made. What did you think of the food in there? Well, like I said, the food in the dining room once we got in um, was great. Um, you certainly don't want to miss having um, the fettuccine alfredo. That's one of the the signature dishes that Princess does. You can have it as either an appetizer or as an entree, and I did it both ways a couple different times. Um, it's very delicious. So talk to us about the specialty restaurants, because it sounded like uh, you spent a couple of nights in Maine, uh, a couple in the Horizon Court. So I'm just assuming you did some specialty restaurants? We did. So as I mentioned, we wanted to avoid formal nights. So one of the ways that you can do that is to go to the two specialty restaurants, because their dress code is smart casual all the time. So we had not been to Crown Grill, which is the steakhouse, um, or Sabatini's, which is the Italian specialty dining. Um, we hadn't done either of those two um, for a, a few for a few different cruises now. Um, Sabatini's, we were especially excited to try again because since the last time we dined there on a prior cruise, they redid the menu. Okay. Um, Sabatini's used to be this seven, eight course extravaganza, went about like three hours. You could barely walk out of the restaurant. Um, you were so stuffed with food. Um, and you didn't really have much choice in, in, in what you had. They just kept bringing, you know, they would just bring all these different things to try. Um, which was interesting, but now they've gone to more of an a la carte style and you get to choose from, um, a selection of 
of appetizers, a main course, a pasta dish, dessert, etc. And so, um, so one of the nights we did uh, we did sabatinis. Um, we were very we were very pleased with the menu changes. We definitely like um, the a la carte menu. We walked out of the restaurant um, full, but not stuffed. Sure. Um, dinner took about two hours, so it was. It was nicely paced, um, wasn't exceptionally long. We had a fantastic server, so I was very pleased with the, with the food and the service. The thing I would definitely recommend in Sabatini's that you, you get is uh, what they call the lobster three ways. So you get a lobster tail, you get lobster um, orzoto or like a risotto, and lobster bisque. Mm. Delicious. Highly recommend that. The location of Sabatini's is in the aft um, of the ship. And so it was very nice. That was the night that we sailed away from Boston. So we had a table right by the windows and we could watch Boston nighttime skyline, you know, disappear on the horizon as we were pulling out. So it was very, it was very nice. Very, very nice. good. And so you did Sabatini's and what's the other one you did? We did Crown Grill. Okay. Again, it had been several years since we'd been there. The service and the food there was very good as well. You definitely leave Crown Grill pretty, pretty full. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, <laughs> as you as you well know. <laughs> Sabatini's, Crown Grill, Horizon Court, Main Dining Room. Was there any place else you dined on the ship? Well, we actually dined on our balcony. Ooh, talk to us about that. So Princess has um, this uh, opportunity that they call the ultimate balcony dinner. And we figured if we're going to have this oversized large balcony on Carib Deck for, on, uh, for this cruise, that we ought to make the most of it. So we had never done the ultimate balcony dinner. We decided... This was going to be our cruise to try that on. So when you do the Ultimate Balcony Dinner, we had said we wanted to have dinner at 6. And so about half an hour before, um, the two servers who were going to be uh, with us for the evening arrived to begin their setup. And it was kind of entertaining because we had so much furniture on the balcony, (laughs) they had to end up taking out of the balcony, off the balcony, um, a couple of the chairs because they wanted to set up a larger table for Mm -hmm. the dinner. Um, and use kind of the two inside cabin chairs for our seats. So it was kind of funny to watch them try to figure out how to move all this furniture and take (laughs) some of it and put it in the hallway. And (laughs) Anyway, so they set up their table and they put a nice tablecloth and a vase um, with some flowers on it, uh, in it. And then you get to pick a cocktail of your choice. We chose uh, Mai Tais for our cocktail. And then they brought um, assorted uh, little canapes to start with. The appetizer course that they offer is this divine crab quiche. It was absolutely delicious. Um, Definitely one of the highlights. Mm. Um, Then they bring a salad course, uh, which is mixed greens uh, with goat cheese and walnuts. um, And that was very good. And then you get to choose a main course. Um, And we decided to choose uh, surf and turf. Um, So again, yet another generous size filet mignon. I'm seeing a theme Uh, here. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a theme. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do surf and turf, I think, for a while. <laughs> I'm kind of staked out after this cruise for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was a generous size filet uh, and a lobster tail. Um, you could have, ch- I'm trying to remember the other options that they told me. I think you could do an all, an all lobster uh, tail option, and there might have been a, a third. Um, I don't remember. Um, but that's the piece, that's one of the things you get to choose is what do you want for your main course. And then you also got to choose uh, what you wanted for dessert. The whole thing from setup to the cleanup was about three hours. The cost for 
this uh, entire evening is the is a hundred dollars. So yeah. um, let's switch gears here and talk about the entertainment because we could talk about food all night long, and um, <laughs> I would ne- I would never stop you. Uh, so the entertainment on board, uh, what can people expect in terms of entertainment on Ruby Princess? Entertainment, I think, is one of the strengths uh, that Princess offers because. You have choices. Um, typically, there will be there will be some kind of a production show um, in the main in the main theater, and then in the uh, Explorers Lounge, there's usually kind of an alternative entertainment. Maybe it's a comedian, or perhaps it's the the string orchestra doing a performance, um, or some other featured entertainer. Um, so that's nice to have a have some choices there. Um, they also do little smaller, shorter um, entertainment type sets in the Piazza area, um, which is in the center, center part of the ship. Um, and they'll do various things there. Um, and then, of course, there's a piano bar. So that's another option for the evening if you want to go listen to the, uh, to the entertainer who plays in the piano bar. So I think there's, there's a, variety, a variety of choices, and I think that's always been one of, of Princess's strengths. For sure. Let's talk about the outdoor areas and on Ruby Princess. Uh, you were briefly mentioning movies under the stars. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, how a ship handles itself on a sea day really defines and says a lot about the ship. So how, did, how were the outside areas uh, on Ruby Princess on sea days? So this cruise was supposed to only have one sea day, mm-hmm. and that was at the very end of the cruise. We actually ended up with a total of three sea days because two of our port of calls that were going to be tender ports ended up getting canceled because we had very high winds on those days, and the Commodore felt that it was not safe to be able to anchor the ship uh, in the harbor and be able to launch the tenders. So we ended up with two additional sea days beyond the one that was um, planned for in the itinerary. Okay, so you missed uh, Saguenay and Gaspé, I think I'm pronouncing that right. So what what ports did you hit? And uh, I'll just say, give me one highlight from each port. Um, So the first port we were able to stop in was Charlottetown on Prince Edward Island. Here, the highlight was the opportunity to see the Anne of Green Gables Mm -hmm. locations, both the National Historic Site as well as the museum. Then our next port of call was Sydney. We did a ship's excursion there as well to visit Highland Village, which is a Scottish area that uh, was settled. Then we had uh, Halifax was our next port of call. A lot of things you can do in Halifax. Great for doing kind of on your own touring, Um, although many people, of course, choose to go to uh, Peggy's Cove. Then we had finally then into uh, the, the U.S. We had Bar Harbor was our next port of call. Acadia National Park is located uh, in Bar Harbor, and that's probably the biggest, uh, the biggest attraction there. A um, lot, of, lot of beautiful beautiful scenery and, and uh, nice fall foliage there. Then we had a port stop in Boston. Um, Scott has relatives there, so we uh, met up with his cousin for lunch. So we really didn't do a lot. We'd been to Boston before, so obviously there's a lot of great historic sites that you can see in Boston. Ended the cruise in New York City. Cool. Well, uh, it sounds like a, an awesome itinerary. I mean, even if you did have two more sea days, um, sounds like you definitely. definitely you definitely made up for the lost time there, though. Um, so let's do a lightning round then. So I'm going to give you just four best of. You got to give me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Best lobster. Uh, West Street Cafe in Bar Harbor. Port for the best drink. <laughs> um, I'm going to pass on okay. that one. Okay. <laughs> best uh, best scenic view. Probably Acadia National Park in Bar Harbor. 
And best lunch off ship? Probably a tie between Water Prince Corner Shop, which is in Charlottetown, mm-hmm. and West Street Cafe in Bar Harbor. Kristen, in closing here, uh, do you have any been there, done that tips for us for the Canada New England itinerary? The, the way to approach planning for Canada New England, very similar to planning for an Alaska cruise. And when I say that, you never know what it's going to be like from a weather perspective. So you have to be prepared um, for for any and all um, things, whether it's rain, a little bit colder temperatures, or, or warmer. So layers is definitely a key. Um, we obviously went um, during the peak fall season, um, really, you know, obviously designed to see uh, some of that great uh, fall foliage. Um, but as I was getting prepared for this cruise, I already knew I want to go back during the summer. Um, more and more, there are more and more cruise options that are occurring now in the summertime um, as as it's realized that a lot of the attractions that are in some of these ports um, start to shut down mm-hmm. at the end of the summer um, and are not open or is or have very limited hours. Um, so you have a better opportunity to, to go to some attractions in the summertime. And I think the, the variables, you know, like we ha- ended up missing two ports because of weather, I think there's a little bit less chance of that happening, it seems, in the summertime. Um, so it's definitely, definitely I want to go back um, and go back to some of these ports again during the during the warmer summer months um, and see, uh, see some different things. Um, so I, and again, as I mentioned, because um, the, the number of ships that offer cruises in Canada, New England is, is limited, um, kind of similar to, to Alaska a little bit in that. You really want to plan in advance um, and book early to ensure that you get um, the, the itinerary that you want and the cabin that you want for, for a sailing in Canada, New England. And I just want to say to the listeners that, you know, a lot of people don't think about Canada, New England enough. They think about going on a cruise and they think about going on the uh, Eastern or the Western Caribbean or Bahamas or Southern Caribbean. Canada, New England is just, uh, just this jewel. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I, I, absolutely. There's a lot of a lot of history, culture, great food. If you're a foodie, oh my yeah. gosh, there's wonderful, wonderful dining options in in all of these in all of these ports of call. The people are very friendly. A um, lot of of beautiful uh, scenery. To, just yeah, I, I I agree. I think it is. I think it's one of those underrated. Uh, locations for doing cruising in, and you, you, you're missing out if you haven't done a Canada New England itinerary for sure. We've been talking with listener Kristen Ladwig from St. Louis, Missouri. She has returned from a 10 night sailing aboard Ruby Princess doing the Canada New England itinerary. And if you want to find or read her review on Cruise Critic, we'll link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Kristen, my dear, we've been on for 45 minutes now. Thank you so much for being here this evening. Always happy to be here. Thank you. All righty. That'll put a wrap on this week's episode of Cruise Radio. Thank you so much again for being here, my friend. Don't forget, you could uh, check out our brand new player on our homepage at cruiseradio.net. Also did a couple of broadcasts the past couple weeks that were really, really awesome. We did one from Quantum of the Seas in Bayonne, New Jersey last week. And the week before, we did Regal Princess, which is Princess Cruise's latest cruise ship. So you'll want to check those two episodes out as well. From the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network. 
Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.